Hi, this is Pastor Tim Crick, and you are listening to the weekly sermon podcast of Holy Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church in Newington, New Hampshire, a part of the ELCA, Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. You can find us online at www.htelc.com. We worship on Sunday mornings at 8.30 and 11 a.m., where you are never too late and there is always room for one more. We hope you can join us sometime, and we hope you find the sermon you're about to listen to helps you to understand and experience the depths of God's love for you and the entire world. Thanks for listening. The first reading comes from Amos. Think about how these words might have been heard during that time. And we'll talk more about that time during the sermon, but listen to these words. Alas, for you who desire the day of the Lord. Why do you want the day of the Lord? It is darkness, not light, as if someone fled from a lion and was met by a bear, or went into a house and rested a hand against a wall and was bitten by a snake. Is not the day of the Lord darkness, not light and gloom with no brightness in it? I hate, I despise your festivals, and I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer me your burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them and the offerings of your well-being, of your fatted animals. I will not look upon. Take away from me the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the melody of your harps. But let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. gospel reading comes from Matthew, the 25th chapter, verses 1 through 13. Jesus said to the disciples, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But But the wise took flasks of oils with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a shout, Look, here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went out to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready with, went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the other bridesmaids all came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The gospel of the Lord, the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. I can say this this morning, because Mark Edwards is not here. He said, one time I said, does anybody else want to preach after reading the gospel lesson like that? He goes, Tim, if I, I'm tempted for the next time you say that, I'm going to raise my hand. And I'm going to come up and preach. So right now, does anybody want to come up and preach instead of me? really difficult text this morning. 
and this is where I want to begin. Uh, as you know, I have three kids. They are not here, so I can tell a story about them. But it's not really about them. I think it's one, either if you have kids, you can relate to, or if you were a kid, you can relate to. And this is why, right? So three kids, they like to have friends over, although recently that doesn't really happen much, right? But they will have friends over, and they will watch a movie. They'll go in what we call our wood room, uh, because there's wood all over it, and they'll have friends, and they'll have popcorn, and they'll have food, whatever it might be. They'll go in the basement and do the same thing. And then the end of the night comes, they go up to leave, and I walk down the next morning, and what do I see? A mess, right? Is anybody that ever happened to you? Did you ever do that to your parents? Never. Now, I then, when I see my kids, what do I say to them? What are you doing? Right? You know better than this. I expect more. It is your job to make sure to get the room cleaned up when they leave. Now, when my friends, when my kids' friends come back over the next time, you know what I normally say? Boy, it looks like you guys had a fun time last time you were here. I don't always say the same thing to them as I do to my own kids, do, that, do I? It doesn't mean I may not say something. You know, eventually, if they keep coming over, right, and they know what the expectation is, then it's, you know, because we all have those friends that are like one of their own family. But at first, I just, boy, I'm glad you were here. Looks like you had a great time. If I go to silent, or not silent, to my kids, I have a different thing I say to them, don't I? You know better. And if that continually happens, eventually you're not going to have friends over anymore, right? The reason why I bring that up is because we listen to the story of the parable of the ten bridesmaids. We have to always think about who Jesus is going to. And I didn't have this realization until his Bible study on Wednesday morning when somebody else said back, I think we need to look at the context, and I wonder who is Jesus talking to? And I had not thought of that before, and I was just so disturbed by this parable. And so we look back, and who Jesus is speaking to, Jesus is having a private conversation with his disciples. What is going on, we're in Matthew, this is now Matthew 25, but where the conversation begins is in Matthew 24. And as we've said so much in this time of Matthew in the 20s of those chapters, Jesus has come into the temple, it's during that time of Holy Week, He's really upset people. He's flipped things over, says you're pretty much desecrating God's temple. And now he walks out, and Jesus says, not one stone will be left upon another. And then the disciples ask, and privately, when will this happen? The rest that follows, including this passage, is Jesus and his closest followers having a private conversation. And this is getting near the end of that conversation because what Jesus first says after the question is asked, when will this happen, is, like two or three parables, he says, essentially you're not going to know. It's going to be like a thief in the night, right? You will not know neither the hour or the day. And then he goes on and tells a couple parables, and this is one of them. Essentially, be prepared. You have work to do. The one parable that we skipped over is the parable of the talents, which essentially a master, the way the story goes, the master gives out a bunch of money to one, some money to another, and one coin to 
another person. And then at the end, he says, give me back what is mine, right? And if you remember how this parable goes, the one who was given a lot, invested it, did work, and he has more than before to bring back. The one who had some, same thing, has more than before to bring back. The one who had none, what did he do? Buried it, hid it, because he was afraid. I knew you were a harsh master, and I didn't want to lose what you had given me. So here it is. And what does the master say? Sorry, my breathing is still happening. Master is upset. I didn't give you something to do nothing with. I gave you something to do something with. And now we get to this parable of the ten bridesmaids. Similar story. The bridesmaids are waiting for the bridegroom to come. Some were prepared for it. Others were not prepared for it. We want to be prepared. When Christ comes, we don't know when Christ is coming. So the question becomes, what does it look like to be prepared? Is it simply knowing the name of Jesus? I've accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. Everything's fine. I go about the rest of my life. So when I die, I get to go to heaven. Is that the essence of our faith? Through this passage and through the Amos one we're going to get to, the answer is a resounding no. That is not the essence of our faith. Because the part that comes afterwards, when the question is raised, what does it look like to be prepared? It is the parable of the sheep and the goats, which ends with, as you do to the least of these, you also do to me, right? You have some that know Jesus, or some that visit the prisoner, clothe the naked, feed the poor, and those that didn't do it. Well, when didn't we do it, Jesus? When did we do it, Jesus? What does it look like to be prepared? Advocating for those who are on the margins, who are left out, the ones who are oppressed, the ones whose society says you are worth nothing. That's what it means to be prepared. So now we go back to the Amos reading. Really harsh, isn't it? Alas, you who desire the day of the Lord. Why do you want the day of the Lord? It is darkness, not light. We just sang a song in the beginning, and I picked this out. So, John, thank you for singing it this morning, too, because we're going to use it during the Zoom service. Christ, be our light. And now we hear from Amos, it is darkness, not light. And then we hear it, right? It's, it's like you escape the lion, but here's a bear. You go to rest, put your hand against the wall, and when you rest, you get bitten by a snake. This is what it's like when God comes. I hate your festivals, your celebrations. I hate not even just your festivals. Okay, so we won't be happy, clappy, easy peasy. We'll be solemn. I despise your solemn assemblies. Don't give me your burnt offerings, which is what they had to do, right? You take part of your crop and you burn it. This actually, can you imagine if we took the offering plate back there and we just poured a little gas on it and put a match to it. That, in essence, is what some of them were doing with burnt offerings. Or your grain offerings, we're not going to burn them, but we're just going to give them to you, and they're not going to go to do anything really well with it. They're only going to go to line the, fatted, the, line the pockets of those who don't need it. This is what Amos is calling out. A little bit about the time in which Amos was written. It was written about 760 BCE. Israel, 
They've escaped Egypt. They've settled in the promised land. They've become their own people. And now they're doing really well. This is written at the time of when peace and prosperity for the Israelite people would never get better. Does that make sense? Life is good. Everything is going our way. And it is in the midst of the time in which everything is going our way, peace and prosperity like never before, Amos says, you're missing the point, people. You think this is what it is? If you think economic wealth, if you think all of these things are the way life should be, boy, do you have another thing coming in the day of the Lord. Because if you think this is what light is, when God comes, it's going to be dark. Does that make sense? If you think going from the oppressed to now being the oppressors is good, you think now you've escaped the lion, that bear is coming. Because as long as there is injustice in the world anywhere, there is injustice in the world everywhere. And so what Amos is saying is, you come and you say the right things, right? And yet, all these things occur. And that is what really matters. There's a disconnect between the festivals and the solemn assemblies and the reality of what's going on in the world. That doesn't happen in today's world, does it? There's no injustices today, are there? That is why, yes, we have not gathered together because of COVID. Absolutely. And I'll be brutally honest, part of me has been resistant to wanting to get back together because it makes us think about if we can't gather how we normally have, then what is our faith really about? Is it just coming together, as Amos is saying, with our festivals and our solemn assemblies to bring forward our offerings? Or is it about a transformation of our lives and in the life of the world? If it's just about this, We've missed the point. Does that make sense? And it's not saying what we do here isn't important. It is. It is good to gather together. But if we get so caught up on what happens when we gather together, or whether we gather together the way we always have, and we're not disturbed by what goes on out in the world, We've missed the point. There's a re- that's why I didn't wear my collar today. Right? Whether I wear my collar, does that change the words that I say? It doesn't, does it? To me, that can be part of the festivals or the solemn assemblies, the smells and the bells, whatever you want to call it as far as church goes. We've got to do it the right way. The only right way to do worship is authentically, is honestly. Whatever that looks like. That's what God is calling us to. That's what Amos is calling the people to back then. Can you imagine the people when they hear this from Amos? If that is the time of greatest peace and prosperity, we're doing everything right. And he comes along and says, oh my gosh, you guys have lost it. 
how do you think they would have reacted to Amos? Right? We are challenged by those same words today that Amos was challenging the people with back then. Right? We want to be prepared. We want to be the five bridesmaids that have oil. Now our hope is, right? Remember, this is law gospel the way it comes to us. Ultimately, we're going to fail. We're not going to do it right. So we trust God saves, even when we fail. That does not dismiss us or give us the right for not working toward those things. What we pray in the Lord's Prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Insulation from hard life is easy, isn't it? Let me put on the blinders, build the wall around me, I'm going to go in my garage with the clicker goes up, I pull in, goes down behind me, and I go outside and I go into my backyard. Right? And we insulate ourselves from everybody else. God's life is the opposite of that. And it's hard and it's messy and it's good. So that's my prayer for us this morning. That we hear the words of Amos to work for transformation within ourselves, which then leads to transformation out there, and to realize, ultimately, we can't do it. We will fail. That's why we confess every Sunday, and we receive God's forgiveness. You are loved. You have fallen down. Get back up, dust each other off, and try again. That's the sermon for this week. We hope from it you learned a bit more about God's love for you and the world. Please subscribe and rate our podcast to help us be found by and reach more people. Thanks for listening, and don't forget, you are loved.